What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Sales Culture Podcast. So I want to share some news with you. I'm like many of the other millions of uh, Californians. I'm leaving L.A. You know, this whole mass exit from L.A. is real. And it's an interesting time to leave because I feel like where I'm located, at least in my in my four or five blocks of understanding in Pasadena, um, you know, things are starting to open back up. The restaurants are starting to pick back up. Things are starting to catch again. However, man, I think there's a bigger opportunity to really go to a smaller, much smaller market and really become a big fish in a small pond, mainly because the internet allows us to meet, allows me to connect with anyone anywhere. And I've gotten so used to being able to hop on a bird and hop on a flight and get to where I need to get to if we got to do face-to-face thing that um, as long as you got an airport, I can, I can rock with that market. <laughs> so I got into this program called Tulsa Remote, and it's a really interesting program where they pay you to come out, but not just the fact that I'm coming out because they're paying me, but more so the community is what I'm looking for. And as a startup and a guy that's side hustling while working his full-time job in medical device sales that requires a nice little bit of me, I need a good community of people to be around to help foster the right energy, keep the focus right, the mindset fresh, ideas sharpening me. And so I'm gonna go to I'm gonna I'm gonna join take the leap and jump into this program. And taking me, my wife, my my baby out there is gonna be a interesting move. So I'm really looking forward to to checking out this area, but I want to share uh, a podcast I did when I made a visit last year towards the middle of last year, and I interviewed one of the members of Tulsa Remote, and we just topped up, chopped up about everything from business to marketing to politics at the time because it's pre-election, and you know it was just just a really good dude. Aaron Williams is his name, and he's a graphic designer as well as a website builder, over overall marketer. Look forward to doing more and more work with him in the future too. But with that said. Check out this episode, and I'll be sharing more about this program, more about this about this move and this transition from a major market to a smaller city, and see if I can get my thing done and, and still build and scale up without having that you know NFL presence type of city. All right, with that said, let's get into today's conversation. Tell me about that, bro. Yeah, so uh, which is why I do what I do these days. I played college football. Right on. And, Where'd you play? Um, I played at a Division three school yep. in Oregon called Linfield. Okay. And uh, where's it located? Like it's in McMinnville, which is like thirty miles south of Portland. Right on. Okay. Um, great storied program. It actually has the uh, longest winning season streak in any sport, any division. Really? At like 63 after last year. 63 yeah. straight years over 500. What? Yeah, yeah. So I think someday like ESPN is going to do like a, yeah. you know, once it gets to like 75 or 100 or yeah, something like yeah, that, yeah, they'll yeah. do like a huge special on it. Because um, it's really, I mean, it's amazing to, to have that consistency. Um, is, is it just based off like you guys are in there just preaching excellence or is it some... Yeah, excellence is a huge part of it, and it's like the approach. And you know, I could go on tangents and talk about this for a while. I had some criticisms of the program and like how we used to train. I mean, it was like tried and true. You know, just work, 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 work. You know, we're out there in the sideways rain in Oregon. You know, (laughs) full pads, like just running the drills. You know, doing full team practice for you know, too much until my, everything was hurting, you know? And so this, they've evolved from that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's really important because when you, when you are competing at that level and in practice as well, 
you really need to take care of people's bodies and not everyone's built the same and you know I'm a really strong you know uh, hard built guy but mm -hmm. like I also part of it was that I overworked myself too so what, what I was getting to is that like playing football in college um, wrecked my body is mm -hmm. the, the, the short of it. And well, I mean, dude, you know, I, I don't want to cut you off, but this no, is no, it's it's interesting to me fluid. because um, this is kind of the industry that I'm in. Yeah. I, I work with a lot of um, physical medicine. Yeah. And the, one of the passions and products that we represent is really working with a lot of teams. So we yeah. work with a good, so I'm working with the University of Oregon. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Oregon University, right? Uh, no, University of Oregon. I was right, yeah. right, bad, right, right, right the first time. <laughs> yeah, we say OSU, U, U, L, whether it's slots. Yeah, yeah. 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 Great and, school. And, man, and it's great school, great program, and, you know, good other 35-plus pro teams. And they used our products and such. But it's interesting to see how it's evolving in the thought leadership behind less is more. Yeah. You know, like, in coming up, like, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. You know, if you have any ideas, kind of that head down do the work, shut your mouth. You got a back problem, man? Yeah. Get out of here with that. <laughs> you know well, we're making steel, like, you know, you better, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back problem, I got some real back, you know what I mean? I mean so that, that was like a no-nonsense type of place. Yeah. And then I love that mentality for a lot of things in life, but the reality of it is, it beats the crap out of you. And it's hard to sustain that. Mm -hmm. And um, in sports especially, uh, I'm seeing people starting to evolve and the kids starting to get, you know, a little more conscious of, you know, rest and recovery and make sure that you have downtime and not, you know, working at, at a very efficient pace, but not overdoing it, Yeah, you know, which is, which is good though. And it took, um, and it, I, I cannot help but think about my high school track coach okay. every, every time, every time like I wake up because he was preaching to me to rest, yeah. you know, even in high school, like I was the guy that I got when I was a senior, I got off uh, at lunch, went straight to the gym, lifted for two hours, then I'd like go on a jog, yeah. and then and then I'd have basketball practice for three hours, and then some days I'd go to the local courts and play afterwards, and it's just, that's not sustainable. Nah. You know, and I didn't have anybody telling me, except for Mark Dorfman, huh. um, that how important rest was. Shout out to Mark, man. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I emailed him recently, and I was uh, just to check in, and I, and I told him like some of these thoughts. Uh, and, that's good. You know, so, so since football, seven surgeries later, wow. I've had two on my hip, one on my knee. I had blood clots uh, from this thing called thoracic outlet syndrome. Mm. Um, you know, so I had to figure out how to manage my pain on a daily basis. And, and what got me into the hemp industry was someone once said to me, you know, you should try like a CBD salve. Yeah. And I was like, what's a salve? You know, like, tell me more about it. And so I went to one of the, you know, they legalized marijuana in Oregon. So I went to one of the dispensaries. I figured they'd have it there. And it was like $50 for an ounce. Mm -hmm. So talk about like inaccessibility, you know, like I'm, I got a lot of surface area. Mm -hmm. One ounce was going to last me like two days, <laughs> you know, on like my knees and my back. And that's it. You know, I had to be, it's just not something, you know, fresh out of college. Like it's not something I could do. Well, mm -hmm. a few years out of college. And. Uh, but still finding my way, you know. Of course. So like, I mean, you got to choose what you can spend your money on, right? And some people are unfortunately in this position where the only choice is, you know, putting food on the table, uh, and their healthcare costs are through the roof. Yep. Um, and you know, so so products like that were just not sustainable for me. Um, and so I looked at the ingredients and I was like, I can make this, you know, okay. <laughs> I was like, I think I can, that make was your this. mindset. Then, I huh? got some friends who grow, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll figure out how to do that. 
Think but, about Oregon, though. I mean, like, I mean, th- there's a ton of growers there, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like a state. I know a couple guys that yeah. farms, and and that's like a big deal right now. Big deal, yeah. and and so um, so it, it happened organically like that. I started. I I got this um, recipe that I put together for a topical salve. You know, it's just like you know, topical oil and wax based right um, product, and I used um, cannabis oil, and then you know, beeswax, all these carrier oils, tons of essential oils that I figured out were good for inflammation reduction. And so, um, so I started making that and I started sharing it with friends and family and they're like, we need more of this, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, help me with the, you know, costs associated with it, like buying the stuff. So, so you, you, you literally made it yourself? Is that yeah, right? I just started making it, figured out how to make it at home. It's not complicated. Like okay. I teach people how to make their own salves. Um, yeah. And uh, I've had people ask me to do that, and, and I've done it like individually, and maybe down the road we'll teach how to pe- people how to do it on a bigger scale. But seems kind of like it's a just like course to be out there. Yeah, so like, yeah that's mean, not bad. I mean, yeah. like you today, you're you know people are taking wellness into their own hands. Yeah, and uh, you know having these tools um, and the knowledge is, is super helpful. And so, so I started making it, and you know to the point where, and it was so so affordable when you're making it yourself and you're buying things in bulk and and mm-hmm. uh, i had family people that would use it would help me help subsidize the cost you know of the bulk ingredients and um you know i thought to myself everyone was like you should launch this as a product like launch it as a product and and i still haven't yet it's really like, yeah it's like in my back pocket i want to do it uh but there's a couple of things like i just want to tweak with the recipe okay i want to talk to some of my chemist friends and just you know, verify a couple of things, like make it a little bit better. I got you. You know, make it consistent. Um, it, Cause I've always made like a consistent product, but you know, I've been making it in a crock pot. Right. Yeah. And, and so like turning it into, you know, a full scale, you know, product manufacturing, you know, operation. Yeah. Um, is a whole thing in and, of, in and of itself. So, um, so is that one of the goals with what you're doing out here then you think or, or, well, yeah. So, um, I've left a lot unsaid. Uh, yeah, please. I, this is how I uh, I also like talking. You know, Me too, roundabouts. Me you know, too, and I get there because painting the picture is so important, right? Yeah. And um, and so uh, that's how it all started for me. And at the same time, I started talking to a couple friends about the potential in this industry, and and so I joined with three other friends. Uh, ba- the other guys are based in Montana. And we started a product line, um, making CBD products. And we started with a lotion that was easier to make than the salve, like on a, on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. And and we started some other products. Um, it's called HLNG. Um, and so I'm still uh, somewhat involved with that, but I branched out to do focus on some other things. And you know, I wasn't physically in Montana, so those guys are um, doing a great job out there. And when we we're in the initial stages of, of launching that, uh, my friend and I realized that maybe being on the supply side is, is a smart move. Yeah. Uh, we had gone to a big cannabis conference in, in Las Vegas and, and what's the name of that one? It's called, uh, MJ BizCon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, huge. Like yeah. 30,000 people, like 1100 uh, exhibitors, like just everything cannabis. The whole industry uh, is just going wild right now, man. You know, you know, I mean, playing the B2B market seems to be a more, well, B2B in business to me, and maybe I just don't, haven't cracked the actual code on like B2C yet, yeah. but man, um, it takes a lot more capital yeah. trying to get out to like B2C. Yes. Uh, cause, cause you gotta like, you gotta find your, your people and you have to cut through all that noise, the commercials, the, the guys that have real money, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. throwing up like, big billboards and crazy packaging and 
the B2B side seems like it's still really, I mean, I don't know enough, but it doesn't seem that, that deeply tapped. I mean, yeah, well, your, <clears throat> your intuition is strong. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> the force is strong. Yeah, the force yeah. is strong with you, my friend. Uh, so uh, we thought farming was the right, you know, the place to be. Absolutely. And, and yeah. long story short, and I'm sure we'll elaborate on this, um, it is still not a bad place to be, but the first year, so we ended up starting a farm. Okay. Uh, the first year after the 2018 farm bill passed, yeah, um, which was pushed through um, in with big efforts from Mitch McConnell um, <laughs> because Kentucky's Kentucky's a big hemp producing mm-hmm. state. Uh, so for us, that was like, okay, cool. Like, what is that see, bill exactly? Because I've definitely heard about it, but yeah. I don't know much of kind of how that benefits farmers or, or just a little insight on that. Yeah, and so it's and. Some of the stuff I don't, you know, I'm not um, on Capitol Hill all the time. So mm-hmm. I learn, you know, I love learning. So and I love politics. So <laughs> yeah. uh, this stuff is interesting to me. But as far as I know, you know, they do these um, every several years. They do like a farm bill and it, it encompasses like USDA, like just farming in the country. Okay. And in the 2018 bill, um, there was a provision for hemp. Uh, and that you could legally grow hemp for CBD in the U.S. Um, and when you talk about hemp and marijuana, it's the same species of plant. Mm-hmm. It's all cannabis sativa. And the distinction, though, between the two is that at harvest, uh, the chemical composition of the flower of the buds, they look the exact same, hmm. um, you know, it, with differences between different strains. Um, sure. But the difference and what classifies it as hemp versus marijuana is is really that it's less than 0.3% THC um, in that chemical composition at harvest. Uh, and so that's what classifies it as hemp. If you're 0.4, mm-hmm. as far as the government's concerned, even if they were like hemp genetics that you grew, right, is if it's 0.4, then it's technically marijuana and then a contro- controlled substance. So, Got it. But that provision in, in the 2018 Farm Bill made it legal for people to jump in and do it, and, and a lot of people did. Which, all 50 states or what? Are, all are, 50 states. Wow, and okay. interstate, um, you know, commerce, shipping and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's legal as long as it is under, um, that grade. under that, yeah, under that 0.3%. And so we thought, oh, let's, let's do this, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, I have a background in wine, the wine industry is, uh, in Oregon. All and, right, you didn't tell me about that. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes uh, sense not... Yeah, I was, why you said farming? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and well, and so I don't really consider myself a farmer, yeah. uh, which is why I partnered with a farmer, um, yeah. long-standing uh, organic grape grower in uh, Oregon. His name's Die Crisp. Um, he's a fantastic grape farmer, and turns out he can grow hemp pretty well too. Um, but that was, you know, I was tapping my resources. It's the one of the things that um, I really like to do is connect people and 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 within projects and and if. It's, you know, who you know and people that you can tap into that are great at what they do. Everyone, not everyone can know everything, right? No. And so... It's one of the great faults, actually, whenever people try to uh, be a little bit too prideful with, yeah. like, hey, I'm the, I'm the guy and I'm the expert in this space. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you don't got to know everything. You, yeah. If you know the guys, that's even better, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, so I do, like, uh, graphic design and, and build websites and stuff, like, okay. freelance. I, it was out of necessity. I started doing it for myself. And right on. The wine background thing, so the last uh, or 
the second to last job I had in wine. I helped my I helped my alma mater start a wine education program. Yeah. Um, so Linfield is right in the heart of wine country, um, and so that you now can get a. a, a undergraduate degree in wine studies um, at Linfield. It's great. It's liberal arts, so it's yeah. like, you know, it's great for people that, like, want to get into wine business um, or, you know, marketing or any of those, like, the, the beauty of wine is that, like, it encompasses so many um, different disciplines, you know. You, if you want to be a grape grower, you know, and be in the agricultural piece, you can do that if you want to be a winemaker and be in the chemistry side, attorneys, CPAs, marketing, packaging, there's just, there's so many elements to it. So it really is like a liberal arts, like, you know, it's like a great place to be studying all these different yeah. disciplines. So, um, but was it actually um, impacted by the fires at all? I'm just curious. I know they had, they had a lot of definitely breakout um, in that area. Yeah, and, I, and I've only talked to a few people um, that I know, you know, closely that, that have been affected and, you know, um, sometimes grapes can be uh, affected by smoke. They talk smoke taint, you know, and that's, uh, if, if the vineyard like was in an area where the fires were, of course it could get burned down and you're greatly affected in that way. But, uh, if you're anywhere close or even just in the state of Oregon, um, you, so grape skins have oils on them. Yeah. Um, a lot of different fruits and plants do. Obviously, cannabis does super lots of oil on it. I've been thinking a lot about how like the smoke's going to affect uh, you know grow operations in in Oregon. It's a great point. Um, in California too, like how the smoke's going to affect it, I just don't know. But mm. um, those particulate uh, the particulate matter and um, you know stuff that makes that is smoke you know some of those things attach to the oils like on grape skins and and then it could then be present in the wines and people don't want you know smoky wines unless it was like an intention necessarily sometimes it'll completely ruin uh, you know a batch of wine Um, so it's really sad you know there's a lot of people losing lots of things because of these fires um, homes and farms and Lots of uh, lots of stuff, and it's, so it's devastating. Um, I'm really glad that you brought that up because those are pieces of the impacts of these fires that I don't think a lot of people really fully understand. Like as a guy that was born and raised on the East Coast, and I moved out to the West Coast from Atlanta, like no concept of wildfire. I mean, like, yeah. and even before when they show them on TV, like you're like, oh, it's crazy, but it's not like a real understanding of the devastation that happens if you're close to it. Yeah, like because even uh, two years ago when it was happening in Malibu. And I'm in Pasadena, which is like on the eastern side of L.A. And I, you know, I saw a little bit of smoke trails, but that was it. Yeah. And now these are bigger, of course, and these are this is closer to me. And you're like, man, it shuts down. Like the whole outside is is like orangish a little bit. It's it, it's a wild outside. experience, man. Yeah, I mean, it's like my parents live in Oregon now. They moved from Santa Cruz to Oregon, and they. Um, I was urging my dad, don't go outside. Like the air quality was like 500. Uh, and I, I don't understand um, exactly how they measure it. I haven't looked into that. But mm-hmm. from what I know, like that was 500 is well beyond what is safe. Mm-hmm. And then in some places it was like 800. Like, and it was just shattering records for like bad air quality. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just a, it's just a devastating thing, and I, I guess it remains to be seen, like how that's going to affect the hemp industry and cannabis industry in Oregon and and grapes. Um, there's some things you can do to, um, 
you know, take out some of those elements in wine, you know, mm -hmm. smoke taint. And, and I mean, winemakers are really great. Grape growers are amazing at what they do. First of all, you can't like have a great wine if you don't grow great grapes. Yeah. So it all starts there. And then, and then, um, you know, if you're a great winemaker and you know how to like, you know, put the fruit in a position to be a great wine, yeah. um, then, then you, um, you'll end up with one, but yeah. Well, well you know, you got to tell me what you're doing in the hemp industry with the <laughs> farming piece. I mean, because obviously you're like deep into agriculture now, it seems like, but, but you have more of a marketing background. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, going to a liberal arts school, like just opened my eyes to the possibilities and that's how I initially thought, you know, wine's going to be great yeah. uh, place to go. And then, as I said, my chronic pain led me to hemp and, and having a little bit of that agricultural knowledge from a wine perspective made me feel like it, uh, you know, I was comfortable as long as I had the right people involved uh, getting into the farming. So we grew uh, eight acres of USDA organic uh, high CBD hemp varieties in right uh, Philomath, Oregon, which is just um, close to Corvallis, if you're familiar, which yeah, is of where, yeah, Oregon State yeah. um, University. So, uh, and I partnered with uh, a great wine grower out there. His land was already USDA organic certified, which is a hard certification to get. Um, and so it allowed us to be one of the first uh, farms, you know, hemp farms in the country that has the certification, which is, we're really proud of because we, we believe that what you put in your body really matters and uh, an organic, you know, is just the way to go and as far as I'm concerned. Um, a lot of people conventionally farm and that means a lot of different things, but there are chemicals that are used that I don't want in my body um, mm -hmm. and they permeate through to the final product. Um, we've seen that and so uh, the certification is really important to us. And Yeah, yeah you know, and, and I think that's, it's, it's like a lot of things that I think we're starting to understand even with COVID as well, right? It's like you know, if you have chronic conditions, then you need to be more, you know, um, understanding and sensitive to going and going out and being in crowds and make sure that you are protected or maybe mm -hmm. just avoiding the whole situation. Right. So, like, if depending on where your health is matters even more how sensitive you might be to that environmental condition. Right. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, so if, if you're having chronic pain, no way in the world should you be throwing a whole bunch of other chemicals in the mix. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I feel it like yeah. it's uh, yeah. one of the things that. If you I mean, can't avoid it, let me say that, you know, yeah. Yeah, you got options. sometimes you can't, yeah. sometimes you don't have the information. Mm -hmm. Like that's one thing we were talking about earlier is like this information gap, like in a lot of different areas of our life, whether it's healthcare or just wellness or, or uh, finances, yeah. like that's, ed education is really important to me and, um, and we're not doing a great job right now in the U.S. Yeah. Educating young people and adults, like education should never stop, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think there's some people in this world that like keeping people in the dark, um, and it's usually driven by money. Yeah. And we can talk about that forever, but it's just you know. And Dude, it, it's it's true though. I you know every time we go down this path, and I, I I try to stop myself from getting too political, but man, this day and age, it's almost hard not to because they they put they put politics over everything. Yeah. Even things you're like, hey man, healthcare, you know, you guys yeah. you guys think that if you get sick you just want to walk into a place and be able to take care of or do you want to guess to see how much you're going to pay at the end you know yeah. like I mean my wife had a recent hospital visit and it was just like man it wasn't anything major but like we got a bill later the first bill was like okay kind of expect that then we got a yeah. second bill it was like well hold up man yeah how can it cost this much how can it cost this much and the lack of transparency 
Exactly. Like, do you go into, if I go into any other store, right, and I say, hey, I'm ready to buy a car, there's a, there's a sticker on the actual car. I can work the price down a little bit or something, yeah. but I got an idea of what I'm getting into. Yeah. You go to the hospital, you're clueless. Yeah. Not only do you not know what you have, probably, you're probably just like, I'm in pain, I got stuff going on. But then you're just like, all right, you don't know what you're walking out with. Mm-hmm. And there's no even menu to say, hey, I'll take that, but not this. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you, know? you can't make those cho- uh, choices with you know, educated choices. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, you know, that's where, like, us being transparent about what we're doing on the farm. And, and you know, and, and I wish that were present in other aspects of life. Because, you know, with the seven surgeries later after I played football, oh. um, you know, I'm still hurting a little bit from the financial uh, consequences sure. of that. Uh, it's not cheap to have a surgery and and even if you have great insurance it still ends up costing you uh, and if you're not in a position to pay for those things that's you know uh, then you're going to be hurting I gotta I, I'm going to go off on a tangent just because I, I, I feel like me you can kind of jam on this yeah. so like employers are the main insurers for the for the actual country it feels yeah. right I mean like because right. you get most of your health insurance through your employer yeah um, and it's like if you look at most other countries, like especially over in Europe, yeah. it's kind of where I, my, my whole mind always goes. I, I go over there once a year to visit one of our manufacturers out of Germany, and I talk to some of the employees. And it's not even a thought. It's just like now there's 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 long waiting times, but for like surgeries, especially elective surgeries, and they're not paying for breast implants or cosmetic stuff. None right. of that's happening. That's still coming out of, out, of, out of pocket. But if you need like a knee replacement or ACL tear, whatever, right? Yeah. That stuff you're putting on a waiting list and you might have to deal with that pain until you can be, you know, have the actual surgery done. But it feel like, you know, it's not even a thought of whether they're going to do it or not. And the fact that it's coming out the country's budget, preventative measures are in place way in advance. Yeah. Now, with the employers, it's like, what's the average lifespan of the company these days? Three years uh, or two years? If, maybe not three. Maybe not even two. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think fifteen percent or something actually exists you know, like past a few years. I, I, I would I would definitely go with that. I mean, because it's like, man, most people are, are in a job for what a year and a half, and then they're looking. Whether they leave or not, they're, they're probably looking if they're trying to move up. Right. And these days, people move around a lot. And and people are freelancing more. Yeah. And so. Now they're relying on their employer, and employers like this guy's not even going to be here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You think they're going to re- invest big money into you? Right. I mean, it's 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 a and it's cost prohibitive for companies too. Yes. And and this is one thing that um, what really resonated with me with the Bernie Sanders campaign mm-hmm. was that um, you know there these are just true facts that we pay so much more per capita in healthcare costs, and yeah. and it's because it's an industry. You know, it's just, it's, it's big business. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's a shame that it is that way because whether you believe it's a human, it's a right or not, um, it's still not accessible and you should care about your, you know, your brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, that that whole, yeah, the the human right conversation is really interesting, man. Yeah. Because I have yet to meet him, me personally. Yeah. Now, I'm sure they're out there. Maybe I just talk to my circles and I'm in my bubble and people that want to talk to me are people that think like me or something. You you know what I mean? Like, so maybe that's why I've never been exposed to it. Yeah. I have yet to sit down with anybody that says, nah, man. We got to pay for this out of pocket. Yeah, you're on my own back. You know, I'm saving up for everything I need. You yeah. know, you know like, I can't wait to work for years <laughs> to have a small savings that I can just spend when I get injured. That's it. I haven't, I haven't met that person Not yet. One. 
I mean, and it's like, so I'm like, who's out there voting for this, man? Like, who's yeah. out there saying, I don't want that? And I'm just like, I mean, I would love to have you guys hit me up and maybe educate me on the other reasons yeah. I don't know about. But it's just like, there's only a couple people that make sense for it. Yeah, and well, what I've heard, you know, over the years is that people are scared of losing their great health insurance plan. Mm -hmm. But what I don't understand is why those people can't understand that not everyone has that great insurance plan. Yeah. It's like, where's the disconnect? Like, yeah. I've had some great insurance plans uh, yeah. with some of the jobs I've had, especially working at, at my alma mater. Mm -hmm. um, that was a great plan. Uh, but you still, both things can be true. Like, and, and that's, I did, I understand why people got scared of the Bernie Sanders campaign saying we're going to take yeah. away that option. Yeah. I think it's because of the option piece. And, and okay. you know, Pete Buttigieg uh, spoke to well to the fact that there are just people that want that. And I also see that, like, I mean, if you are a doctor and you have your practice or you're an insurance company and, and you want to provide something that, say, is just beyond what the government could provide, great. Like, let's have both. Yeah. Like, and so I do wish that Bernie, you know, budged a little bit on that. Uh, uh, but I still believe that, you know, this, if we're the greatest country in the nation, you know, mm -hmm. and we spend, we can spend all this money on the military and all these other things, you know, why can't we just guarantee that for people so that people can walk in mm -hmm. to the hospital if they don't have it, you know, but still, if you want you know, that's a way to recruit people to your company as well. Like, let's say, let's say the U.S. does provide health care for everyone, but you're an employer and you want to offer something supplemental to that that makes it so that, you know, you're just... Yeah, you're the wellness component and all yeah, that. Yeah, wellness, yeah. you can go get massages, yeah. acupuncture, all these things yeah. that maybe aren't included in a government health care plan. That's a recruitment tool. Yep. And then it's also going to be easier for businesses like to get started. You know, like there's and in California, it's really, you know, there are a lot of regulations, you know, yeah, you know, that you have to provide certain things for people. And it's just it's prohibitive for business, too. So I actually see I actually deep down uh, in my heart and, and my gut tells me that that if you do offer that to every U.S. citizen, that it will actually help capitalism me too me, bro I, I, I'm a I'm, I'm a big believer that I mean honestly this is an interesting conversation especially with how you're freelancing now um, because in California as you know I think it's proposition 16 um, where, the, where the whole fight between Lyft and Uber mm -hmm. about whether they should let them be freelance or employees w2 employees and I'm like most of the drivers want to be freelancers yeah they, they didn't jump on the app so they can be on like a set time schedule and limit how many hours they can roll or do like they, they they want the freedom, right? Exactly. Um, and but like the issues with, I think we would get so many more people freelancing and doing work that they actually gave a damn about, mm -hmm. and doing it their way, and you know give them the flexibility to actually do that, you know, meaningful work as well, which is probably better quality work, right? Exactly. If you care about what you're doing, more efficient. More efficient. If they had healthcare coverage, I think so many people would leave their like jobs that they're not passionate about. Yeah and doing just getting by, pushing papers, whatever that is, right? And no knocks against that. You gotta, you gotta keep lights on, you gotta pay bills. Have to. But I think that if they had the opportunity to say, oh, my kids will be covered, I'm covered, if I got a little issue going on, great, I can go out and take some shots, you know, to try to make some bucks. And I know that my life won't be at stake, yeah. <laughs> at stake right? Yeah. Like, like, I might go, I might have a, eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and have some rice, or, you know, for a couple of weeks, but, yeah. but, but, your, but your life is not in danger. You know, now, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, that's, that's a, real, it's a real concern. 
It is, and 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 I'll be honest with you, I don't have health insurance right now. Yeah. Um, as a freelancer and and starting up uh, businesses, uh, you know, I know one of the business ventures that we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Is a. Uh, um, you know, there will be health insurance involved with that because it's a larger scale operation. But the farm, you know, and that is going to be also, I call it like farm to healing uh, brand is what we're going to start. I like that, so, dude. Thank you. Yeah, we're yeah. going to brand the farm really well. Well put, man. Um, farm to table, farm to healing. I like thank this. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're going to launch these really intentionally crafted products that, um, you know, people can trust. They know what goes into them, how we farmed, mm-hmm. how we processed. Um, all that transparency, I think, is super important. And, and so, um, but with that, like, if I were to... You know, I, I, I could budget the healthcare, you know, a plan into my, uh, into the business, but it just, it hampers, you know, it, it dampens, you know, your ability to get started if you have to, you know, have these other costs. So keeping costs down is important for new businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, unfortunately, like I had to make the choice, like when we, when we made this move uh, that, you know, I'm not going to pay for it right now. I'm just not going to. Yeah. And, and I'm actually someone who should, you know, I've at DVTs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, blood clots is just serious stuff that, you know, I should be covered, you know? Well, well you know, and, and it's, it's, it's crazy that, and this is like, I'm really glad that you were open and being transparent about that because I think this speaks to the heart of the matter, right? And a lot of times people say, oh, but you know, that's not a big population. It's like, dude, it is, bro. Like it's real, it's a real thing going on out there. And the wave is freelance in my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's like the cost to launch a business has <laughs> dropped like a thousand fold. Yeah. I mean, like 10 years ago, you would need a couple grand. 20 years ago, you would need you know, like 10 grand. Yeah. Now you can really get going 250 bucks, great ideas, some hustle, some work. You can get some stuff happening, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, who wouldn't want to take a shot at that? At yeah. least if you're, if you got that in you, if you got that bug in you, right? Yeah. Not for everyone, but if it's in you, you you want to you want to play that game, yeah. or at least see how it feels. Yeah. And that piece is a hindrance to the U.S. economy. Like if that's where the trend is, that's what the people want. Yeah. And you're stifling that entrepreneurial bug that is the most American thing you could think of. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Besides apple pie, right? I mean, yeah. you know, cornbread and apple pie, man. It's like, that's, that's it, bro. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's, it's crazy to me that that isn't being sold as one of the campaigns behind it. Like, I think if Bernie or, or any of the candidates really could have pressed into this and yeah. really got some real traction with, some, with a lot of people that were on the fence. Well, yeah, and, and we were talking about Andrew Yang. Yep. Um, you know, and I'm wearing my the Yang math. Gang math hat. Yang but gang. the But the legalized version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, had to, I had to buy it when they came yeah. out. It's like, I got to. Yeah. Um, I respect Yang a lot, man. Yeah, me too. And, yeah. and it's, he's speaking to these things, the trends of industry moving towards, you know, like remote working. Yep. Um, and... You know, and it, the UBI, the Universal Basic Income, which he uh, intelligently rebranded to the Freedom Dividend. Freedom yeah, Dividend. Yeah, all you got to say is freedom in the U.S. Oh, and yeah, freedom yeah. Dividend. Is that what he said recently? That's what they called it, to so the Freedom Dividend. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, he it was like halfway man. through the, yeah, yeah, halfway <laughs> through the campaign. You know, I just think he should be involved in government. Like, yeah. he doesn't have to be the president. Yeah. I think he'd do a great job. Um, his temperament is great. Uh, and But it's just he's thinking about now. You know, he's not thinking about yesterday. He's thinking about the problems that, that American citizens have now. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that resonated with me was that you give people, and it was $1,000 a month for yeah. the Freedom Dividend, um, 
which we ended up kind of doing when COVID hit anyway. Yeah. Uh, and one, that money goes back into the system anyway. Immediately, yeah. Immediately, yeah. people are paying off their debts, so it's going to the big banks anyway. Yep. Um, it's it's going to whatever cost that they have assist. You know, it's going to grocery stores. It's going wherever. Um, but then the people that maybe don't necessarily need it, mm -hmm. then they're going to go start a business with it. And that's something that he said. And uh, the fact that that, if anybody has opposition to that, you know, and doesn't want some extra money lying around that they can inject back into the economy, yeah. uh, it's just that it's a basic concept. I mean, it's like, that's a good thing for people in this country. And, and I just believe that deep down. Yeah. And, and, and to prove like, this is so cool about it, prove that it can work. It proved that's how the money was spent. People didn't put it up underneath a mattress and say, I'm not doing nothing with it. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, and I, I, mean, I hope I'm really wrong with this, but what I think uh, we're going to be exposed to until we get through the election period is a tough couple months, mm -hmm. and on, especially on the coast. Um, I think there's going to be a flee to the middle of America. Like, you know, we're actually doing this in Tulsa right now. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a flee of people leaving the coast, not just because of the fires and COVID, but um, which those are two big factors. But mm -hmm. I think this idea of why am I here, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. paying all this money and the, and the value of my real estate or the value of the, uh, or the uh, cost of rent is going up and like crazy. Yeah. But because there's so much real money that's been stacked up waiting in the market to kind of drive these prices up. And so the rent's going up, but the value of being there has gone down because right. you can work anywhere. Like I do podcasts normally, and it's on Zoom. It's like everybody across the U.S. Anybody, yeah. right? I mean, you could you can get you could reach anybody if you want to do some work on any type of marketing activities, right? Exactly. And it's not like you have to be in a physical landlocked location nearly as much. No. And that's for anyone. And I think COVID kind of fast tracked that. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I think people are waking up like, you know, yeah, I think I can go live somewhere else. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And and Tulsa, this this is an amazing place. I've only been here for a month now, and I really really enjoy it. How's the first month been for you? It's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. we uh, the people are like 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 I mean, it's it's a pretty small town yeah. I mean, compared to. Where well, I, was, I had someone say to me the other day that this is like the uh, biggest small town you'll ever be in. Yeah, okay, like everybody. You know, I was it was about potentially doing a website for somebody, and he said, yeah, if you do a great job, like you'll just be getting referrals left and right. Yeah. And I was like, cool, great. That's all I try to do ever is a great job. So. Um, you know, and I just, I believe about just loving everybody, you know, and, you know, let people prove you wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, people have been so welcoming, um, you know, you get some of those same things that you get out on the coast. Like it, I was talking to someone the other day about the misconceptions that the West coasters have of middle America and yeah. vice versa, Yeah. you know, and, and that, that. I think you you said it or someone else said it that the map you know the blue and red map yeah. um, confuses people because they see they see blue California and they think that everyone's blue California you know and yeah. it's not true yeah. it's just yeah. not true yeah like conservatism is strong in California yep you know yep. and and these things are are important for a healthy democracy you know uh, I mean to me it's, it's it's kind of the best when you can have a mix I mean I really believe in that we need to knock another party. It, for us to kind of like that we yeah. can all really choose from something that's a little bit that really speaks to what people feel and mm -hmm. like when you go through the country and I do a lot of driving because I travel for work I fly too but uh, it's like man you know when you when you fly you fly over these most of America yeah like you're you know like even between like a, a simple flight between San Francisco and LA 45 minute flight man that's six hours of farmland of people out there too it's yeah. not like ghost towns it's 
there's people stacked between Fresno and Bakersfield and all these little towns in between, right? Growing the food for America. Growing, literally, literally growing the food for America. Yeah. And it's red, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, I mean, I'm sure there's some blue and, and sprinkled in there, but it's a red area, dude. Yeah. And on and all they show us in the media is the Bay and, and, and like LA. And yeah. you, you would automatically jump to an idea of, well, the whole state's blue. Yeah. Because that's how it looks on the map, and it's not the case. Well, and the same thing about Oklahoma. People, you know, yeah. people see red, and, and people see red in Texas, and it's, you know, it's, it's like... It's turning purple here, though, is it, or, or no? Yeah, I think it's, I think it is, and, yeah. and I think that that's healthy, and, um, and you know, there's some amazing things that they're doing here locally, like the Tulsa Remote Program, um, but the George Kaiser Foundation in general. Like, one thing that we really love about it is that it seems like... This seems like the place that gives back. Like yeah. a lot of people just give back here. A lot of people care about community, um, and they they actually you know walk the talk. And so we've seen that you know uh, it, it's it's this place has lots of different histories as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but today you know this is a healthy place to be, and I can see it. You know, and there's arts and there's culture and there's business and. And you can afford it. And so, like, rounding out the conversation where we started, like, this, what has been really great for Mackenzie and I uh, coming here is that we've been able to take a breath, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah. uh, Cortisol and, levels dropped a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And focus, you yeah. know. And, and um, you know, it's less about the hustle, and yeah. but also it's, it's hustling it, putting more time into the hustle that we want to be hustling you know if that makes sense it uh, does bro you know and, and and the farm project farm to healing projects by the way it's called fender's blue um fender's is blue. what we call it we named it after uh, an endangered butterfly that um that ho- like is attracted to a native lupin um, wow. flower in oregon and the hillside right above the farm um is the lupins are abundant and so like all these butterflies come there oh but, right on yeah so we just, you know, to pay on the great look and everything, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um and so it's incorporated in the branding and, and we're close to launching this product and um but yeah, so it's Fender's Blue and, and the first product we're gonna launch is is just a simple oil drop product that you can Tincture you know, type of Yeah, it's like a, you know, and tincture is technically alcohol based okay. but people still use that terminology for like any bottle that has yeah. a little dropper, you know, yeah. even if it's oil based. So I kind of call it oil drops, but yeah. it's much like a tincture and the intention is to like just put it under your tongue, you know, sublingual, um, right on. sublingual application, but you can do, you can do like anything with it. Like people could put this on their dog's skin. You could put it on your skin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, topical is one great way to um, absorb uh, any sort of medicine and, uh, but the intention with this product is to just to take it orally. Um, uh, you can give it to your dog too. A lot of people have launched like dog, you know, dog specific products, and some of them are very similar. Um, but again, the key to uh, key for us is that it's certified organic. Mm-hmm. So our processing partner out in Oregon, the, they're called St. Helens uh, Hemp Works. It's a little town out near the coast called St. Helens, and mm-hmm. uh, amazing couple that got into the industry for the right reasons too. Um, and you know, they are certified organic. So it allows us to finish goods with that organic stamp and seal, uh, and which is, like I said, important to us. And the product is just two ingredients. It's our hemp oil, unadulterated, you know, hemp extract, uh, and MCT oil. And that's it. Oh, damn. Yeah. 
and that's it. MC202. Yeah. So yeah. it's like fast acting. It breaks down quickly, so it gets into your system fast. Yes. And yeah. and what's important, um, that's an important piece of it as well. Uh, yeah. But also for it to be legal, the product still also has to have less than 0.3% THC. And even if your um, biomass, you know, the flower, the hemp flower that you grow, if it uh, at harvest has less than 0.3% THC dry, by dry weight is what they call it. Mm -hmm. um, once you then extract the oils out of that, anytime you um, concentrate anything, you know, those levels go up. So like in a crude oil state, um, yeah, hemp crude oil is, uh, and I didn't know, by the way, that Tulsa was the oil capital of the U.S. Um, I, just, I just found that out, like, that's yeah. long ago, yeah, yeah. And it's just things we don't know on the West Coast, right? Right. Um, but that's interesting, so, like, the crude, you speak There's some about, real money here, too. I mean, based off what I'm just driving around seeing and had yeah. a couple guys give me some, give me some insight. You know? It's yeah. like, yeah, it makes sense now. It makes yeah, sense. exactly. <laughs> it's the oil capital. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in... in one of the things we thought was interesting was the the that this is like the third, uh, the place with the third most like Art Deco buildings, you know, uh, mm -hmm. like New York and Miami, I think, are the other two. Wow. Um, and you know these buildings that were just built back in the early 1900s with all the detail and everything, and that's just uh, I think um, reflective of the, the oil boom, you yeah, know? yeah, and the history of this place. And then you get people like George Kaiser um, who as far as I know, you know, has great wealth from oil and, and then he does amazing things with it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, not just Tulsa Remote, he has some other programs that we, I've been learning about that are really key. Well, well you know, and, and speaking about the history of stuff, I think it's cool that they acknowledge the history. Like one thing I really appreciate about going to Germany every once in a while is that they're in tune with their history. Right. And it's not to, you know, shame themselves, make themselves feel bad. Or, you know, it's just, it's just the acknowledging of the past and with the hopes of doing better. <laughs> right? Right. And, and so when you look at what Tulsa's up to, it's like, of course, we, we know about the history and it's been documented and people talk about it. But yeah. I like that it is a piece of the, of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it looks like, and I'm, I'm five days here yeah. you know just yeah. visiting yeah. the first time never been before yeah but it seems as if there's a, a push for something better yeah and that's uh that's pretty dope to me and that's important yeah and uh you know we went over to the franklin memorial um you know from for the greenwood yeah um, and uh, you know mackenzie and i were just like we're reading everything just in tears it's just it, it, I'm flabbergasted by you know some of the history of the country you know and it's just it's a hard thing to swallow yeah. um but if you just try to erase that from your memory like yeah. how do we move forward in a, an intelligent and like wholesome like you know loving way you it know? makes you better man i mean i mean it's, 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 it's kind of like being in any other relationship like if you um you know if you're out with your girl and you offend her in any way and then you totally act like that never happened. Yeah. No one doesn't play out that well. No. <laughs> I mean, like, just on a common sense, you know, A to B relationship, right? It happens. You spin the hell out of somebody, and then you're like, Psh, man, that's what I like that never happened, right? Yeah, it might work for day one. Yeah. But most people's partner aren't going to just, like, act as if five years in, as if, like, dude, back in October, what you did was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's going to come back up, bro. Well, and that's why communication is so key. And yes. And, and not just on an individual uh, relationship basis, but as a community, yes. as a country, like, yeah. we got to talk, and yeah. we got to talk about the stuff that pains us, yep. how we feel, 
and uh, that's it's such a good analogy. I mean, it's uh, relationships are art, um, mm-hmm. and yeah. especially romantic relationships. Yeah. And but if you go into it with a mentality of like this is like one, it's a moving target. Yeah. And two, we're growing pe- people, evolving people uh, individually and together. You have to be aware of those things, you know, and communities too, you know, yeah. you have to be aware of those things and you have to put the, um, the acknowledgement the, and the, the action, you know, towards, cause sometimes it's just as simple as someone tells you how they feel. Yeah. And if your first response is, well, you know, no, you know, ah, this doesn't make sense. No, no, that didn't happen. You know, I didn't know that was my intention, you know, yeah, 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 and, you know, yeah. how does that person feel? Yeah. I feel like you're not listening to me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's this great analogy. No, um, no, 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 man. I mean, I, it's, it's funny. It's one of the reasons I love podcasting, bro. Cause it's like, um, there's so much noise out there. And I feel like when I just sit down with people, we grab a mic and you know, all types of people. It doesn't, I don't, I don't care what you believe in our backgrounds and I'm open to all of it. Cause it's your life, right? Who, who am I? I got my stuff and you know, I'm, I'm let you live yours as well. And it's like, um, but when you talk, it's cool to see how many bridges there are between our lives, bro. Like, I mean, like yes. this, I mean, there's, there's bridges all over the places, man. And, and, and there's way more connection that we have just from the raw state that we're all in the same country. Like yeah. even if you're, whatever state you're from, yeah. just from that alone, there's an experience that you can normally tie together to people. So it's the anyway. human experience, like people, it's for, real, bro. yeah, people forget sometimes yeah. that, you know, we're all just human trying to survive in this crazy world we find ourselves in. Yep. Um, so there's bridges and, and uh, beyond just, you know, ideological bridges, there's, we all have shared experience. And mm-hmm. I bet if you and I keep talking for a few more hours, we, probably, probably know we, a couple people. Yeah. I was going to say, we might know the same people. Yeah, seriously, dude. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, these things, you know, um, the world is small and, and it's only getting smaller and, you know, the older I get at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is becoming tiny, bro. You, you know, but as we wrap up and you got to tell people, about the launch dates and when you're looking to, uh, or, or what's next for the business. Yeah. I mean, because um, I know you guys are coming out with the product, but uh, that B2B play, are you still yeah. involved in that? Yeah, side yeah. Of the so um, there's the Fender's Blue Hemp, the farm that yes. we've talked about, and the product that's coming out. We're going to launch it. Um, we haven't settled on a date yet. Uh, I'm realizing as we're talking right now that like next year, Thanksgiving and Christmas is yeah. always a great time to maybe launch products it before is, spending money. Um, we are about a month or so away from having it packaged, ready to ship out. It's exciting, man. Yeah, thank you. It's exciting, seriously. Yeah. yeah. And right now I'm in, um, you know, I talked about doing web design and, and, um, and branding and stuff like that. So we're in the beginning stages of setting up the whole um online DTC experience, uh, direct consumer experience. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that takes some time. So I, I think we will probably be definitely ready by November. Right um, on. And I'm really trying to be really intel- intentional and intelligent about the launch, you know, yeah. I have my strategy for it. So there's, there's that it's, we're going to start with the one product. It's, um, it's, it's a beautiful product. You, you'll know exactly what you're putting in your body, which matters. And, um, and then the other B2B play, um, which is is on a larger scale, you know, I also realized that there's this opportunity to 
help solve the bottleneck in the industry and which is what though which is the extraction piece um, okay and, and and taking it from so you grow you grow the the hemp right and then yeah. To get it to the point where you ha you know you're putting something in your body, whether it's an oil drop product or gummies or or you know um, obviously smoking is different because you grow it and then you dry it and you smoke it, right? Yeah. But when you start putting it in these other products, you know uh, now you're gonna see you're seeing and we're gonna see more uh, surge in, in um, you know skincare products. Uh, drinks the beverage you know market is going to explode i think it as well is, because this stuff is just really it's good for you i mean our bodies produce cannabinoids you know mm -hmm. that's what they call them thc and cbd cbc cbg cbn these are cannabinoids and then the other elements of the plant are important too terpenes you know which are like smell molecule molecules my chemist friend was like yeah it's a sesquiterpene you know as i never heard that term before and i yeah. was like i love using it sesquiterpene those those are really important for um you know some of these things as well like inflammation and stuff like that which is i realized after the fact which is why you know that salve product with all the essential oils you know that are from like lavender eucalyptus all these things you know, those were like terpenes, you know, right. I didn't realize the things that I'm learning. Um, hmm. But that's like the process is you grow the stuff, you know, you dry the stuff. Sometimes you don't, um, but you dry it, you then process it. So you extract all that oil out and there's different ways of doing that. Um, solvent list or with a solvent. Hmm. Um, CO2 is, is, as far as I'm concerned, the preferred solvent method. Um, the extraction is called supercritical CO2. Hmm. Um, it's used in like other industries as well. Um, they kind of freeze it so first? Is that, kind of, is that kind of? No, it's like with pressure, temperature, and time. Wow. You basically, a couple, there's a couple different ways of doing it. Our technology is uh, um, a little bit different. It kind of solves the issue that, with capacity. Um, so the company is called Cascadia Extracts. And so when you're extracting, you know, like, like I said, solvent or solventless, like people use uh, typically ethanol or CO2. And ethanol has always been a great way to extract a lot at once. Mm -hmm. um, but and CO2 is always a good capacity issue. And so with our technology, we've, we've solved that. So you can extract a lot. Um, uh, of biomass you can put a lot of throughput you know there's a high throughput through this machine more than a lot of uh, of the ethanol machines machines in fact uh, and and but what you can do with co2 you can be you can dial in and and dial in on the extraction deeper so what happens is they call it super critical because with that time uh, temperature and pressure like uh, recipe which you tweak right you you um, you take, you put in liquid CO2, and then when it gets to the supercritical state, it's both a gas and a liquid at the same time. Hmm. So it allows you to penetrate the plant deeper, extract some of these really important molecules, wow. um, and then beyond that, you, you can take, a, you can, you know, separate some of these things out. There's all kinds of post-processing that can be done, um, but on that first stage, we believe in the CO2 extraction. So, um, so. This company that I'm talking about, Cascadia Extracts, it's we're we're hoping to to the plan is to come in and be able to help farmers monetize their products, um, bring consi consistency and professionalism to the industry, um, which exists but in some cases does not. Right. Um, uh, and like it was something like 50% of all the hemp grown in Oregon last year, like went 
there was not enough processing capacity. Wow. Uh, and so it's just that next step in the process yeah. uh, in the supply chain. And, and so there's a need and we're going to try to fill it. it. Do you have to be an organ so you can do it or is it you, can, you can do this? You can do this wh uh, wherever. So yeah. you can process in any state then for the most part. For the, yeah, for the most part, wow. well, and, and you'd have to um, figure out what uh, the local and state um, regulations are. And, and I mean, because of the Farm Bill, any um, hemp production or processing is legal in the country. Wow. Um, there are different, like I said, uh, rules and regulations of, on what you're supposed to do. And right now there's uh, interim rules because they're, they're, they made a change uh, after the Farm Bill that it was like total THC mm -hmm. had to be less than 0.3%. Um, <clears throat> and so there are different types of THC. There's one that has an, an acid on the end that's uh, THCA. Um, which can be converted to THC, but that's also present um, at harvest, and so it can bring that number up and make you not compliant. Gotcha. Um, and there's not a lot of genetics that have solved the problem of, of like getting that low enough. Mm -hmm. um, so actually, there's this comment period right now, like people are trying to change this back to where it's just delta nine THC. That's what is intoxicating. Yeah. Um, and I believe wholeheartedly that that, ha that that there are great medicinal benefits from THC, um, and I could anybody that wants to wants more information can reach out to me about that. Um, we could talk about it in greater detail. Um, but w what's important I didn't talk about is sure. the entourage effect, is what it's called, and and the the concept is that um, the sum of all the parts of the plant are greater than when you take out these specific chemicals and just use them um, or molecules and use them in just one state so you can you can take uh, CBD uh, you can extract you know the crude oil and post process and take it to a point where you have like a CBD powder we call it isolate because yeah. you've isolated the CBD molecule um, and I still believe in that that, that provides a lot of benefits but uh, a lot of uh, the studies have shown um, and back to when um, this stuff was discovered in Israel, um, the guy's name was Raphael Meshulam, who like discovered cannabinoids and that we had this endocannabinoid system in our bodies. And like I said, we produce uh, cannabinoids. Um, it's, it's the largest intracellular communication network. So that's why these things are important. And THC is important as well. And everybody's different though. Everybody needs, I think, you know, a different, uh, they just have different needs. Like if you're someone that just has a lot of inflammation, like CBD is going to be great for you. But like these terpenes matter, the flavonoids matter, um, THC is anti-inflammatory. So right. it's just all about a balance of these these things. And and so the entourage effect is that you know all the things in the plant, and that's part of the intention behind the product is that um, we're taking just a raw crude oil, unadulterated, um, clean crude oil that has, and, I, and I'll show you the lab results, I'm gonna put them on the website. You know? Oh please, yeah, yeah let's see that, see, yeah. Yeah, you can see all the elements that are in it, and you can see that there's no bad elements in it too, we test for those things, and hmm. so, um, you know, that's why it just really matters like how you farm and then how you process, and, and uh, because we've found that that entourage effect is really, effect, is really effective for people. Well, you know, I mean, I think this conversation around farm to healing is uh, is really going to be a growing topic, especially uh, as more regulation comes into it. So from just the need to have that data in there. But as we try to get the rest of the country more comfortable yeah. 
with with the idea of using CBD and even THC is not a crazy like psychedelic to where you want to be going around you know as some crazy gateway drug. I use it as medicine every day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think I think um, getting that data out there is important. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. It's just just to help people who are a little bit more on the fence or even more so in the in the actual corner wake up to the idea that it's not what you probably think it is. Because on yeah. the West Coast. I think we kind of take it for granted, like because yeah. it's 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 been a part of the conversation for so long. But then when yeah. I travel back east, people are like, "Nah, dude, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I don't want to, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah." And like I said, everyone's different, and some yeah. people react differently to certain things. And, yeah. and if you pump your body of too much of anything, like you're gonna you're gonna feel uh, oh, yeah, maybe not great from it. You of know? course. Yeah. And so if you have a ton of you know, I, I have my like dosage like dialed in. Because I, you know, I'm privileged to have grown up on the West Coast, and for yeah. this to be part of the conversation and culture, and it's something that I had access to. And what's great about the Farm Bill is that now people have access to some of these products, and uh, but not everyone's, um, you know, producing them in the same way. And and you know, there was a, st- a, s- a study that people got a bunch of uh, products from different sources, and then they tested them to see like how much CBD was in them, and a lot of a lot of them were, weren't what they said they yeah. were. And, yeah. you know, that's true in, like, lots of industries. People will... It's a newer industry, too. I yeah. mean, people were, were, you know, like I said, most people are kind of smaller shop-type people doing it in their kitchen or doing yeah. a kind of, like, a, you know, a little space that they're renting out and making things happen. But, you know, as we evolve yeah. and as we get better, I think it's going to be more down in with the right dosage and people will understand what that mix is good for them. Yeah. You know? And we couldn't even legally, people couldn't, people wouldn't research it because right. it was still considered, you know, a schedule one. And, yeah. and, and now like the farm bill, like opened it up for people to research, you know, at least in the U S like, yeah. that's why I mentioned Israel. Cause, um, uh, they were doing research a long time ago on these things. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's just, um, it's just a really important plant for more, more than just the like medicinal benefits and the, the cannabinoids and everything we're talking about. There's just, a lot of things you can do with it. You know, there's like hempcrete, there's clothing, paper. I mean, the constitution was on hemp paper and we talk about history and like forgetting history. Like, you know, it's my firm belief that like cannabis was, uh, criminalized because of industry. Um, you know, and I've heard people talk about like the plastics industry, petroleum plastics industry, like lobbying against hemp because it was such a great way to make, you know, bioplastics and paper and, and the paper industry lobbying against it. But then the nasty part of it is that they used it as a, you know, the way that they got people to um, think that hemp was bad was with racism and, and um, really dangerous, like, tactics, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like even, like, branding it as marijuana, you know, they took a, Span- you know, they took a Spanish term, you know, a Hispanic term. Um, and uh, and then that's that alone, I think, got people at the time, you know, freaking out about it, you know. And then the reefer madness, there's just mm-hmm. all these things that just aren't true, you know. And it just, it's, it took a century, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's just amazing because like the founding fathers, they were all growing this stuff, you know. It yes. was, you know, in, I went to, I went to DC yeah. and in the Capitol building, like uh, if I remember correctly, it was, there was corn and hemp plants in the, um, what do they call it? The, you know, the trim around. Oh, the really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, it was in there, you know, and it's just, it just yeah. blows my mind that like people, like as we can just erase some of these things from, 
from history and it's driven by money again, man. Yeah. Dude, you know, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, man. Like, because that's the stuff that I think uh, leaves a lot of people confused about really where, what, what the origins are yeah. of, of a lot of these products, right? And back to politics, back to a lot of conversations that we had today, man, it's, we start following the actual dollar signs yeah. and you get the motivations to kind of why some people would do it and others don't. And it's just natural trend that I feel like even in the U.S., like some of the people that we look up to the most are at the top now, they started off pretty scrappy. Mm-hmm. And they were open to like, you know, they wanted less regulation and they wanted more ideals that we, most of us believe in. But then once they get there, they start building barriers and walls to entry, right? And it's like, now it's like all these, you got all these, <laughs> they run through all these hoops to yeah. make something happen that they didn't have to go through, Yeah. right? Or there's just all these scare tactics that don't, that have no point to even exist. But I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. it's nice that we can have conversation about it and yeah. at least kind of get to the get to the heart of the matter. Yeah, and then let people make up their minds for themselves. Exactly, you know? exactly. And yeah, like we. One thing that um, I know we've talked about a lot of different things, which is so it's cool. good, man. It's, it's so good, cool. Bro. I love it's it. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's like the politics piece, and people, you know, like to have a natural aversion right now to talking about it. But one, we t- we we mentioned how important it is to talk about it in mm-hmm. the first place, but. It's because there's just like negativity attached to it, but you can you cannot separate politics from business, no. from everyday life. No. You cannot separate these things from each other. And yeah, if you follow the money, if you follow, um, you know, if you look back at history, yep. you you get some some answers as to why things you know develop the way that they do. And and you have to fight. You have to vote, and you mm-hmm. have to fight, and you have to. You know, st- you have to stand for what you stand on. I got that quote from a friend of mine in Oregon. Shout out to Grand- Granville Wines. Uh, I like that, dude. Yeah. Stand for what you stand on. I like yeah. that, dude. And, uh, and it's just, you know, we need to take care of this planet. Um, Mackenzie and I eat vegan. It's important to us. I'm right uh, on. Yeah, and you got to be intentional about the, the things you put in your body, the products you buy, you know. And, and it's hard. We talked about this before that it is really hard to do the work to educate yourself on let alone just one proposition you know mm-hmm. on the ballot you know or one candidate but when people are struggling to put food on the table and they're working 80 hour work weeks whatever it is mm-hmm. i mean even in a 40 hour work week it's you know to live and, and you know the life that you want to live and find time you know you have to be kind of a, a, a political junkie to know what's going on uh, and it's just that things are, information is not, one, it's, it, there's great things about the internet and then there's issues about it as we know, but it is just challenging. Like I've had people say to me, I, I don't vote because I don't know enough yeah. um, and I don't have the time to know enough and nobody solved that problem. You know, it's just, it's privilege. It's privilege to have the time yeah. to be politically engaged. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, you can definitely um, not make the, you can definitely make the time, but it's hard for people when they're trying to survive. You know, it's just really hard, and the times don't make it any easier when you're in it because you're talking about things that are probably very personal to a lot of people, right? And if you you know, it doesn't matter where you kind of sit on it, uh, there, you're probably being impacted by some way by some of the things that we're talking about voting on. I know there's a really good website. It's called BallotReady.org. Uh, and I'll try to put it in actual show notes, too, because, man, it simplifies each proposition. You could look up your state and just kind of go through it to get a quick, you know, pros and cons. Yeah. 
And I think like, you know, it takes time and it's challenging to look at, but man, you know, it's needed. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, as much as it, it is, it hurts and you probably don't want yeah. to deal with it. You want to kind of, you know, turn a blind eye to it and put your head down and do what you're doing and avoid mm-hmm. whatever else is happening in life. But man, um, it, you really don't have any say then. Yeah. And as long as you're cool with not having any say, <laughs> I mean, like none of it, right? Yeah. Like you can have an opinion at the bar, none of it. You know, yeah. like you keep it to yourself, but all of it. Yeah. If you're if you're that guy, great. I respect it, and then you can go ahead and live your life. But yeah. if you have a thought, an idea, you should be responsible when you show up at the ballast. At least have a a clue of what's on the tickets. Yeah. Um. So you're not just kind of pressing buttons, you know. I agree, and yeah. that's just the great. I think the great challenge of our time is is inf- time, information and time. Yeah. Because we know that disinformation is a huge problem right now. And how do you solve that problem where someone can, you know, entrust is a huge issue in the government and each other, you know, how do you solve that problem of distrust and disinformation? Mm -hmm. People are to the point where they just don't, they just don't trust what they read and what anybody says to them. Yeah. And, and that's where like, uh, you know, politics based on emotion, like, um, that's how it works. You know, it's yeah, they, people get people to vote for them because they get them fired up, you know, well, on things that matter to them. And so, anyway, <laughs> Aaron, man, this has been a really cool convo, bro. But you know, um, quick, 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 quick personal question for you: yeah. Are you taking on any more clients for the actual website building, or are you maxed out right now? Uh, no, I am. Um, okay. I am. Right now, I'm making sense of how much time I have. Yeah, and I, I just put a bid in for a local website too. And I, uh, in a few months too, one of my goals by coming here and connecting with this program was I like to give back. Like my life goal is to uh, be a full-time philanthropist. Um, and you know, among all these other little goals, and I've, you know, I've, I don't know how I'm gonna get there um yet uh, i think that some of these companies have potential to get me to the point where i can make enough money to make some change you know inject it back into things that i care about um but uh yeah i i I want to do some pro bono websites in like a few months um locally for sure like bring it back to the community and then uh but right now, you know, it's, it's just something I do freelance so that we can, you know, have some extra spending money or, or pay some bills. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for, I think, for the next three months, I'll probably take on one to three new sites. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Bro. Well, well, I got a project I'm working on, man. We'll have to talk about it offline. Yeah. But, but, you know, I, I think there's all types of ways to give back. And, and I think that... Um, the dollar sign amount is what, you know, we all kind of jump to. But, man, there's so much stuff that just from, like, because, you know, giving your, lending your time and expertise to someone, I mean, that, that's that, that's boatloads, bro. Like, it's I mean, for huge. someone that doesn't know, you yeah. know? Like, for the people that know, it's like, oh, it's nothing. Yeah, but but when you don't know what you don't know, yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing in business, don't know where to start, and don't know even how to approach it. Yeah. And when the guy comes and shines some light on that i mean it could be game changing for them so yeah big shouts out for you for doing thank that, you man. yeah always a uh, i always want to be a resource for people yeah if it, even if it's just graphic design is like my passion I love okay it. Like, i'll make a, a flyer for you for free you know because yeah, uh, it's just practice it's good practice that makes it's me reps. better at my craft and yeah. and um that's the kind of thing you know some people don't have the money to um 
to hire someone to build a website or to hire someone to um, do a branding or, or a flyer or whatever it is. And, and you're right. Like, if I don't get rich and I don't get to be a full-time philanthropist, like, the, I'll seek those unique ways of, like, helping people. Hey, man. You know, well, I mean, with that mindset, you already are, bro. Thank you. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, you're, you're already doing it, so... But please tell everybody how to find you, though. Websites, email, or, or any, any best ways to get yeah, you. Yeah, and so right now the uh, the website is in process. Uh, I don't know when the launch is or when you'll post this uh, podcast. But about two to three weeks, and I'll be out there. Weeks. Yeah, okay. I think our website will be up by then okay. um, for Fenders Blue, uh, but it'll be FendersBlueHemp.com. Um, the extraction company that we're raising money for right now is CascadiaExtracts.com. I have too many email addresses, but you, but I will respond to any of them. Um, I'm good with my communication. Um, the design, I just Aaron Williams design at gmail.com. I like that. That's yeah. easy. And then yeah. Aaron, A-A-R-O-N uh, at FennersBlueHemp.com, Aaron at CascadiaExtracts.com. We also can help people start their own um, you know, CBD product line uh, with the processing partner our oil processing partner, like my marketing expertise, like we've we've done this for a couple couple of different folks that want to launch uh, different products, just just like ours. And then, you know, they don't know where to start. They don't know how to go about like sourcing some of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the ability to help there too. And and I, that's always fun for me too. It's just like helping people get started. So. Dude, I think that's phenomenal, man. You know, well, it's been fun talking, bro. Thank you. I, I mean, I mean, we, we literally, you know, covered a, a nice, a nice sector of the U.S. I feel like <laughs> from healthcare to to talking about politics and, and of course, business, man. So, yeah. dude, Aaron Williams, it's been great having you on the Real Value Exchange podcast, brother. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate it.